Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Goracom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out big news. With us today, happy to have him back, especially with what's happening in Russia and Ukraine right now. Andrew Davidson is the CEO of Royal Helium, trades in Canada under RHC, for our friends in the US, RHCCF. Now, for those of you new to the story, uh, if you think about balloons and blimps and think about helium, we wouldn't blame you, but you'd also be missing out on a much, much bigger picture, especially with what's going on in Russia right now. Helium, beyond balloons, is a high-tech gas with many high-tech application uses. For example, MRI magnets, fiber optic cables, airbags, chips and electronics, even cleaning the rocket fuel in tanks. But it's running into a supply problem. Demand from these high-tech applications is leading to rising prices. And they've been continuing to rise because Russia is one of the largest producers of helium in the world. And you know what's going on there with the sanctions. In comes Royal Helium. They're one of the largest land holders searching for helium with over a million acres of prospective helium land. And they made one of the biggest helium discoveries in Saskatchewan history. Plans are for their first production sometime in 2022. And guys, listen to this, the economics are compelling. Each well has a CapEx about $1.5 million. Quick payback, six months, because these wells generate anywhere between three to $5 million per year, and they can go for 10 to 11 years. That's why Royal Helium's eight capitals, top pick of 2022. Andy, welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having hey. me. Lots to talk about. Yeah. Well, before we go into the press release about uh, you contract with the University of Regina for simulation modeling, let's first, we got to talk about the current state of the helium market and what the impact is as a result of Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. Well, it, it's really, it's a two-pronged thing. So we have to start with the foundational knowledge that Russia is one of the top three helium producers in the world, um, supplying not just China, but uh, all parts of the world, everyone that needs helium. So they had a big project set to come online in, in 2020 and then 2021 and then 2022. Uh, and that project fell behind again before this uh, military action in the Ukraine. So the project was behind schedule already. And now with uh, with these actions and the sanctions in place, it's it's leaving a lot of customers scrambling uh, to find long-term sources of helium, thinking that the Russian market is going to be closed for some period of time. And yeah, you can bet on that. So, so for groups like us and the other the other folks exploring for helium in North America, it's a it's a big um, a big shot in the arm in terms of uh, changing in pricing and and even to the point of bringing more customers to the forefront. You know, whereas people, a lot of companies end up being reliant on the major industrial gas companies, uh, given the supply shortages that existed before the Russian military action. They are moving further upstream to go straight to producer looking for volumes. Well, let's talk about pricing for a second, just sure. so because the one thing about helium is it's not like all the commodities where it could just punch up the Chicago board trade and look up gold, silver, wheat and corn, all that. Uh, where was just to give us perspective, what was the price of helium on average during 2021 before any of this stuff happened and what's it looking like today? Yeah, well, I mean, we we look internally when we do our modeling and our, our economic forecast, we use the price of $250 Canadian per MCF. And, uh, we use that throughout 2021. The price did rise in 2021, but we were comfortable with that. Uh, since then, uh, the world has changed remarkably. Uh, 
uh, offers that we had out uh, and, and were in negotiations with have all been have all been pulled back now for repricing because uh, wow you know, I'm not a I'm not, you know I'm not an economist but I understand supply and demand and most people do and demand is rising supply is falling and, and falling dramatically today so the pricing the pricing outlook is looking very very strong and and certainly on the short term contract basis I mean longer term it's going to be a lower likely a lower dollar contract it's going to revert to the norms a bit or the mean but on shorter term three to five year contracts um, there is some significant pricing upside are you able to give us a ballpark what it looks like spot and not that you have to give away your pricing is but yeah. generally speaking what is what's the market fetching right now yeah it's uh it's north of 400 an mcf for sure so, so you're talking about it was about 250 last year. 250, now it's essentially, I mean, you're, you're seeing prices pricing out there that is double what we model in our in our forecast. And it's not as if your costs have changed. Nothing's no. changed on the cost side. So that's all bottom line profit. Yeah, I mean, our costs are changing by a factor of inflation, like you would expect um, they, for any company in any given year. So, yeah, minimal, I mean, nothing compared moderate, to the moderate 60, increases increase. year over year, but nothing even close to what you're seeing on the pricing side and, and that's a, that's applicable to everyone right existing producers uh, new producers anyone looking to, to contract for volumes now is benefiting fair to say uh, i'm going to make an assumption here but i know in my family's food business when all the shorts start happening we start getting calls from places we never expected yeah the family business so is it safe to assume that your phone's been ringing off hook from potential customers that you never expected to hear from? Yeah, certainly. I mean, we've we've received a number of interesting reach outs, be it from, well, uh, many industries all the way down to, you know, local and regional hospitals looking for security of supply. And, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we look forward to be able to produce into some of that supply shortage soon, um, which, which sort of brings us to another important point that, uh, um, the, the, that's impacting us and everyone else is is supply chain. Supply chain. Um, so what we're seeing now is things that we had forecast to take three to five months are now forecast to take six to nine. And you know that's for for sourcing the parts for purification facilities. Um, there's just it's a time lag like everything else. You know everything you see in the you know in the retail or whatever industry you're in. Um, supply chains are getting crunched. And it's it's the same here. So, I know people that can't get refrigerators. Uh, yeah, they they can't get refrigerators. They can't get generators. So, but yeah. but it's not all bad news, is Andy? Because yes, on the one hand, you guys have probably been anxious to go into production. Mm -hmm. But the way I look at it is, as an investor myself, is the product sitting there in the ground. Your costs are only growing up with with you know inflation. Yeah. But the price of what you've got, the value of what you've got in the ground. Yeah. is growing is growing exponentially so you're almost being paid to sit on the sidelines yeah. right now so it's yeah, not no, so bad is it no it's it's not so bad and, and frankly you know us uh, we have to continue to define our our reservoirs in our in our fields to determine where the most optimal place to produce from is and we can do all that while we're waiting I mean, we we have we have the designs in place for our processing uh, equipment uh, we are at the order point for that and so that'll start that time clock. And in the intervening period, we get wet, more wells ready to come online. So it's uh, it's not as if we're sitting on our hands for the next six to nine months. It's in fact just the opposite. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think anybody thought that. But and on the flip side, probably the most important thing to put out there is there aren't any problems with the project. There aren't any no. problems no. with 
It's just you got to wait for the you got to wait for your refrigerator to come in, and, and, and no. until then you can't you can't you can't refrigerate your beer. No, all you can do is is upgrade your existing assets, and that's what we're doing. So you know we we high grade our, our assets with using the seismic programs and, and whatever else we're doing to determine where the best drill locations are, and we continue to drill them. And uh, and when those uh, purifiers show up on site, we tie them in, and off we go. Let's talk about today's press release because uh, sure. obviously I want to read the headline for everybody. Royal Helium contracts University of Regina for simulation modeling for the Nazar zone uh, completions at Climax. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, First of all, let's talk about the Nazar zone yeah. and, and, and what you've got there because there are going to be a lot of new people to the, to the story. Sure. Well, you know, Nazare was uh, was an accidental discovery we made drilling our third well and uh, in the climax area, and we've subsequently drilled a fourth. It is uh, it is a new discovery zone, um, enormously thick, uh, 100 meters plus, so as much as 10 times standard uh, conventional helium well thickness in terms of pay zone, and uh, the aerial extent of which is. Uh, well, it's, it's it's open in every direction. We've, we've defined it over 30 square miles, and and part of what we're shooting seismic for now is to continue defining how far it goes. And uh, it's, a, it's a separate project within a, our larger portfolio at this point. So we've got at Climax, we've got conventional helium production, and we've got the Nazare zone underneath it. Nazare is different. It's unconventional. Uh, it's going to require um, different, uh, different wells, different drilling than we've used in the past. So straight verticals don't look to be the answer for that zone. So that's, that's where the modeling comes in. We, we contracted with the University of Regina's uh, Petroleum Engineering Department and uh, Dr. Gary Zhao specifically. Because of his you know, world-class experience in modeling and designing uh, drilling and completion programs for tight oil and tight gas plays. So what, what the program is, what it's doing is determining the most effective and efficient wells we can drill to drain the Nazare zone in the most efficient way possible. And what that means is how can we get the most gas out with the fewest number of wells? So it almost sounds like that movie, There Will Be Blood, uh, when he was all when he was talking about puts in his straw and tries to suck out as, as much as he can. And by the way, all kidding aside, this uh this uh contract with University of Regina isn't out of convenience because you're in Saskatchewan there down the street. I want to read this one of the top petroleum engineering laboratories in the world. And Dr. Zhao specifically has, has been brought in on several major products with some of Canada's largest oil and gas companies. So you're talking about real heavy hitters here that are gonna, that will find the best possible solution, correct? Yeah, no, th th these guys are the real deal. And uh, these, uh, these men and women are the real deal because it's gonna be a team. It's gonna be led by Dr. Zhao, but he had, does have a team of, of engineers that work with him. To, to model this out. So it, we could have gone anywhere for this. We could have contracted with a number of engineering firms. We felt that the University of Regina and Dr. Zhao and his lab specifically were the best choice for this. I mean, they've, they've presented uh, papers and, and theories on, on tight oil and gas production all over the world. Um, so it's, they're highly regarded as, uh, as leaders in this. Yeah, no doubt. And what's ballpark? Because none of us have an idea at home about simulation modeling looks like for something like this. Ballpark, do you guys have an ETA of how long this will take for them to come back with something? Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a sort of a two-phased uh, thing, George, where we're going to start with, you know, let's design what we think won't work, you know, what will and won't. So you get to the sort of the kill point on a, 
on a wellbore design soon. So we're, we're hoping to have that and have it narrowed down to sort of the winning option by mid-May with uh, looking to roll it out into new drilling at some point in the summer here. So um, we're into Q, Q3 probably before we're actually back in the field drilling this new style of well. You talk about really talking about, I, should, I should explain this a bit more. What we're Go ahead. talking about is not straight vertical wells. We're talking, we're looking at drilling horizontal wells. We're modeling whether we drill multiple leg horizontals off of a single pad. Uh, basically, everything is on the table. Um, and Dr. Zhao's job is to determine what is the, the most economically efficient way uh, to produce this enormous zone. Now, you mentioned that Nazare is different from the conventional zones. Mm -hmm. Is the development of one contingent on the other? Nope. Do you have to solve one to get form. to the other? Can you go both at any time? Not go both at any time. So we've got, we've got three conventional wells that we've already drilled at Climax, and we've got the next one booked uh, following spring breakup, which is you know two months from now. So the next well we drill at Climax is going to be a conventional well. Uh, while Dr. Zhao and his team worked through the development modeling on the Nazare. So they're, they're totally separate. Uh, the conventional ones are straight vertical wells. Um, they're not, nothing's easy to drill at this depth, but uh, relatively easy to drill. Takes a couple of weeks to get down to depth and you complete and test and you're off to the races. So while we're waiting for production, Andrew, there's going to be a lot, a lot of catalysts, a lot of milestones along the way. Yeah, I mean, so we've got what, what you can expect from Royal over the next, you know, three months plus would be, obviously, we've got the seismic programs running now. We announced that a couple of weeks ago. We've got uh, one running at Climax and one running at Valmarie, which is a, a new project area for us. Uh, we'll have those results during the breakup period, sort of uh, April, probably. We'll have all those, uh, those programs completed and reviewing, and uh, we'll be able to disclose all of that, of course. Um, so that's a big step, and that's going to really define exactly where the most efficient place to drill both the conventional and the unconventional wells at Climax are going. That one is a 3D seismic program. It's the best imagery you can do. Um, the one at Valmarie, which is a new project area for us, as I mentioned, which is almost adjoining Climax. It's, it's to the south, uh, southeast a little bit, right along the U.S. border. Um, we're very excited about this one. This is a, a project that we've had basically since day one. So, you know, 2016 was when we picked this up, I believe. And uh, it's- When nobody, when everybody in the world back then, by the way, Andy, we should talk about, was talking about blockchain, cannabis, yeah. you know, all the new disruptive stuff, helium, people like, are you kidding <laughs> me? Are we, you want to, that's why I give you and your team credit that you, and this is the, that this is the mark of fantastic management teams and smart people who create value. They pick up assets, pretty cheaply when nobody else wants anything to do with them. Now you guys had to be patient. You had to baby it. You had to finance along the way, but you're here. I mean, all other things being equal, it should be a pretty big payoff for the company. No. Oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, frankly, we have enough land. If we didn't think it was perspective, we wouldn't go anywhere near it. So uh, we've, we've looked at this one as almost the, Almost a jewel in the crown for Royal since we've had it. It's a bit of a trickier area to work in, though, George. It's uh, it's the, the Grasslands National Park runs right through the middle of this area. So there's all sorts of different approvals, et cetera, that you need to, to do any active work here. But our, our team has found a way to, to access uh, very good well sites using existing natural gas well pads. 
So shut in natural gas wells owned by somebody else um, who are going to let us uh, have access to them to drill our wells. And the purpose of doing that, well, one, it saves us money. We don't have to build a pad. But two, we don't have to disturb any additional area, right? And, and that's important in this part of the province. So we respect that. We find ways to work within it. So the, the seismic program we're doing there is, uh, is a very, very targeted program. It's uh, looking at one specific spot, not the entire land package. Uh, historical documents and geophysics, et cetera, tell us this is the right place to be. And now we're just going to confirm it. And then we'll go. And that's another probably benefit of the supply chain delay yeah. is that you guys are able to hone this down yeah. uh, better, uh, higher, uh, more optimized and really, it's really specific, right? Well, that's exactly it. And that's, that's why we came out with the, with the seismic programs now recognizing that, okay, we can't, we can't bring these things on production on the timeline we anticipated. So let's, you know, let's upgrade our, our land package to the greatest degree possible while we're waiting. And uh, this is the way to do it. Yeah. And then once everything is, once you've got everything in, supply chain's done, you've got wells. Uh, maybe we'll end it with that. I want to ask that question. Yep. Have you got wells identified that you want to start producing? Yes. I mean, how many of you guys, uh, how many do you think, are you able to talk about how many you think you'll, you'll be able to start bringing online? Well, sure. We'll talk about it by project area, uh, first and foremost, because we've got uh, the climax area where we're going to have, uh, we're thinking at least three wells to bring online into a facility uh, when it shows up on site. Uh, Valmarie, we'll see. I mean, we're not we're not planning a facility for that one yet. We haven't drilled a well there yet. Uh, so that one's uh, up in the air. Now over at, at uh, Ogama, where we drilled two wells in the fall, We've got some additional testing to do over there uh, again after breakup, and then we can look to bring those two wells on as well. So that's as many as three separate project areas within this one small company that could be producing in, you know, 2022. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty interesting times for us. I mean, it's, we're learning a lot. We understand the helium industry quite well. We understand exploration for oil and gas exceptionally well. Uh, we're learning a few of these other things, such as how to deal with supply chains and uh, and even logistics and getting getting gas cross border when we need to, et cetera. But you know that's what keeps uh, keeps the job interesting. Well, look, if you get the windfall on the one side, you got to expect a little bit of extra work on the other side. And I think that, like I said at the beginning, to me, it sounds like it's a great payoff. Yeah, uh, you know, the product in the ground isn't getting more expensive for you to take out but it's gaining in value. So, yeah. and you guys are honing and targeting. So I think that's, that's fantastic and can't wait. I mean, Andy, I appreciate you coming on to give us this, this great update as to where you are. Cause this is a really thing in the market needed this just to get this, this, uh, this really great status report here. And it sounds, it sounds great. Last words to you. What do you want to say to your shareholders and anybody watching, listening? Oh, I'd say, uh, you know, if, if you're interested in the helium space, pay, pay close attention over the next three months. I think there's going to be some pretty interesting things that happen, both with Royal and the industry itself. Um, there, there are some pretty meaningful announcements set to come out in the next quarter um, that will really take the industry from, from pure speculation on the junior exploration and production side into the reality where it's, okay, now we see what volumes are going to be produced into what kind of contract and at what price and actual valuation metrics are going to come into play for these companies. And, well, you've piqued my interest. You've piqued my interest with that to be, <laughs> to be looking. And by the way, let's not be, we're, we'd be remiss if we didn't remind people that the, the government of Saskatchewan is firmly behind you and some, and the industry because their target is for Saskatchewan to be feeding 
a significant proportion of the world's helium uh, this decade, right? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it's targeted to be 10% uh, of, of global production by the end of the decade. And uh, I think that's going to be increasing now uh, with what's happened over in, in Russia and the Ukraine. So all right, we keep driving, we keep pushing, and there are other groups doing the same. Uh, the government's been incredibly supportive, as you point out. We've, we've made our first submission under under the incentive program now, and that's in review. Um, that's an innovation program, uh, talking about what we're doing in the Nazare zone. So it's uh, it, it's just been a great relationship. Yeah, well, you can't you can't have anything better. You got great project. You've got wells identified. You've yeah. got the economics on your side. You got the government on your side, and you got the macro market yeah. just um, as a massive tailwind. So yeah. it looks like all systems are going. Can't wait to have you back. No, it's great. I appreciate it, George. Thanks for the time. As always, great questions. Always happy to give updates. Yeah, man. Hey, it's easy to give great questions when you talk about such a great story. You know, it's hard. It's <laughs> hard you. when you're scrambling. You talk about George Com widgets. It's like, <laughs> so anybody going to use George's? Wi uh, <laughs> then it gets really tough. But this is easy, and I and I appreciate you taking out the time to speak to everybody because everyone loves these. Oh, my pleasure. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Andrew Davidson, he's a CEO at Royal Helium. The company trades in Canada under RHC. For our friends in the U.S., RHCCF. If you want to do your due diligence, two easy ways to do that. First, get to the company's profile on the GORCOM because we know not many of you understand what helium uses are, the market, and all the factors. So we've got a great story. Gives you a good 1,000-foot level understanding of the macro and Royal Helium. And then once you're comfortable with that foundation of, of knowledge, head right over to the Royal Helium website, do your deep dive due diligence. Hopefully today you discovered your next great small cap company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time.